Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? It's Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, back for another episode of The Standard is the Standard, the BTSC flagship podcast. Look, the season might be over, but we don't stop, and there is a ton of news to talk about. Mike Tomlin had his season-ending press conference today. Kind of surprised by the press conference. I'll explain that in a little bit. But ultimately, obviously. yeah, obviously. Uh, but we're gonna we're, we're not gonna paint with a broad brush on this show. We're gonna get down to the nitty gritty and talk all things Antonio Brown, as it's what most people are probably wanting to talk about. And because of that, I bring in my co-host Lance Williams. Lance, what's up? How's it going? I'm doing fantastic, man. Whew. Just recovering from a fantastic New Year's Eve. I, I, I brought it in pretty tremendously. I needed the rest the other day. Would have loved <laughs> to have hopped on with uh, Jeff yesterday, but I think Jeff did a fantastic job manning the ship, as he does every single time. But definitely, listeners, happy New Year's. Uh, happy 2019. Too bad the Steelers are on the couch. And Jeff, if we weren't doing this podcast, I typically have a rule. If you're not in the dance and you don't have a ticket, you shouldn't be mentioned. But because I do this show and I love doing this show, I have to talk about a guy that, very interesting, needless to say. I'm assuming you're talking about him, Brady Four, right? Yes, that guy. (laughs) A plus B equals no, it doesn't equal C. D. D for drama is what that means because that's and, all that the Steelers have. It's like a freaking circus anymore. I swear, I said this the other day. Actually, it's today. You know, when Mike Tomlin is in the middle of his press conference and Antonio Brown tweets out, I'm talking, this is so timed. It's 12.24 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right in the middle of Tomlin's press conference, Antonio Brown tweets out, this picture of himself with this really weird quote. I'm not sure if it was him or if he stole the quote from someone else about his no, freedom. About his freedom. That, and that's he's, him. Okay, I don't know. Um, freedom and his he's going to live his own life. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, so that's odd. Weird timing. And then to make things even worse, James Harrison, he is with James Harrison. And on James Harrison's Instagram story, there's he and AB, and they're listening to the press conference, and they're talking about how they're going to have an interview coming up. Okay, I feel like now I'm. I'm I, I feel like now I'm writing for TMZ. I, I said so. I told my the Simon Chester, who is basically like my number two at the website. I said, "What the heck is going on?" It, it literally feels like now I'm writing for TMZ Sports, and I'm covering the. The, the biggest circus there is in the National Football League, which are the Pittsburgh Steelers. But here's where I want to start all this. And I will get into, if you want me to, what Mike Tomlin said, kind of the timeline of, of what happened when and what caused this, yada, yada, yada. I can get into all that if you want Lance afterwards. But let's first, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Antonio Brown. You're better at this than I am because you're more of a, a realist in terms of the Steelers. Okay. So Antonio, you're Antonio Brown. What is your motivation here to not show up to go dark on the, on the whole organization, including the owner and not return phone calls or anything like that. Um, and then it, I, I guess just what, what are your thoughts? Like if you're Antonio Brown, what, what the, what in the hell are you doing? Antonio Brown wants attention. 
Remember I said it years ago, and you laughed at me at the time. I, I said, when a guy writes his name on a Rolls Royce, what is that? That's basically him saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Antonio Brown is a me guy. I'm not going to say he's not concerned about winning, but he is concerned about winning. But in a certain context, he's concerned about winning in a certain way if he's the driving force when it comes to the winning. He's just merely a me guy that wants attention in all circumstances but doesn't know how to go about it the right way. And if I was the guy, if that's an actual quote of somebody that he quoted, he needs to apologize because I'm sure the quote isn't in context of not showing up to work. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know that for certain that whoever's quote and it. This is so Antonio Brown. The quote, the picture, the timing of the press conference. Anytime you try to justify not going to work and leaving your workmates, your team in a lurch in a big spot trying to make a point, anytime you try to somehow craft that into being positive, you're a me guy. His motivation is himself. Attention and being treated in a certain way. Now let okay. me take this a little bit. Let me go, take this a little bit further ahead, real go quick. Go ahead. Now. Go ahead. What he doesn't realize is that he's being treated differently than the other 51 players on the roster. His issue is merely he's not being treated the same as that one other person on the roster. And we know who that person is. Your favorite player, number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. And when you're a me guy, I told you, Jeff, and we talked about it after the Denver game, when Ben Roethlisberger came out and said, I earned the right to say this and do that, but take no accountability for the mistakes that he made. Then that was probably the last straw in the probably already fractured relationship or soon to be fractured relationship between Ben Roethlisberger and AB. And then he throws AB under the bus, said AB through the wrong route. You watch on film, you, you see that that's not the case. Said I should have threw it to Juju every single time. He's a number one receiver. And you just knew where all this was headed. It's a bad mix right now. What you have, you have an enabling coach. You have a passive-aggressive, insecure, Hall of Fame quarterback that doesn't hold himself accountable combined with a total me guy who's unprofessional who's carrying quite a considerable amount of insecurity and emotional baggage, and this is the garbage that you get. That your two best players have little chemistry and your team frayed and you did not make the playoffs. This is the mess that they have in Pittsburgh right now. Okay, so let, let's do a little role play. 
No, not that kind of role play. And you're Antonio Brown, and you've agreed to do a one-on-one exclusive interview with me, and you will answer every single question with 100% truthfulness, no matter what, okay? I want you to oh. put your Antonio Brown. So you okay. don't answer as Lance Williams answers Antonio Brown. Okay. Antonio Brown, clearly last week or before week 17, you knew what you were doing. You knew that by not calling, answering calls, texts, etc., by the Steelers, you were sending a very clear message. What is the message exactly that you wanted to send to the Steelers? Antonio Brown just wants to let the Steelers know that, uh, that Antonio Brown isn't being treated fairly. Okay, so what exactly, how have you not been treated fairly in regards to your performance on the field? Antonio Brown just feels that he's not being treated fairly. Could you elaborate just a tad more, Antonio? Antonio just feels (laughs) like he's not being treated fairly and that the coach treats the quarterback differently than Antonio Brown. Okay, so are you referring to Mike Tomlin treating you unfairly at some point, or is this all based on Ben Roethlisberger's actions, words, mannerisms, whatever? I'm just saying, as Antonio Brown, that I feel I'm not being treated fairly. See, this is the crux. Okay, let's break our role play for a sec. This is where I don't get it. And I was on um, SB Nation Radio today. They called me to want to talk about this whole fiasco. And I honestly, they, they asked me a question like, well, what is where, what does this all stem from? And to me, I, I don't know. Like, what exactly would Antonio Brown want to be done different? Okay, so you don't want your quarterback to be a dick. I get it. But he is a dick. He's always been a dick. I pardon my French, but that's just the honest truth. I love Ben Roethlisberger. Richard, Every, say Richard. Say okay. Richard. <laughs> he's always Richard. he's always been a Richard, and he'll always he's he's it's never going to change. So I I don't understand. So okay, he's not going to change. But at the same time, you just set a, a new career mark for touchdown receptions. You had over 100 receptions. You had over 1,200 yards receiving. You and Juju Smith-Schuster worked well together, whether you like it or not. I just, what else could he possibly want? He has the money. He has the fame. He's getting the production on the field. I, I honestly don't get where this is even stemming from. It just seems so out of the blue. He just had a monster game against the New Orleans Saints in Week 16. Maybe it's frustration with the team, but he has to realize that this is part of the problem with the team, not the answer. I'm not saying this is all Antonio Brown. We're going to get to that in a second. But at the same time, I, I look at this and say, what, what does he want? Like, what more does he want? You know, you, honestly, I, I think as, you know, I'm just going to say as Antonio. Antonio just wants love. Antonio just wants love. I, and the funny thing about it, Jeff, is I don't want to speak too much into his background. I don't know the man. Um, I don't know his complete story. I, you know, we all know some of the things that we've been told, so on and so forth. It, I think some of that is part of the problem. It makes him great in some regards, but I think his background in some regards, there, there's a craving for affirmation consistently where he just needs to feel like he's being loved and appreciated. As much as it might seem from the outside that everything that the organization has done for him, pay him, let his, some of his entourage, 
have free reign at times, give him wiggle room as which he has played and deserved because as Jimmy Johnson says, everybody's going to be treated fairly, but everybody's going to be treated differently. I may have got, I may have mixed up the order. I just don't think it's ever enough. I don't think it will ever be enough. The attention, the accolades, the, the love that, I just don't think it'll ever be enough. I, I think his cup will always be half empty. But for the Steelers and for any other organization that he may play for, that's the same drive that made him who he was. The drive to get that adulation and that attention and that love is what makes him a great player. But at the same time, I think that drive makes him a humongous pain in the tushy. Yeah. Humongous pain in the tushy. It's the gift and the curse. I yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. I mean, I get the drive to always want to prove people wrong, but at what point do you have to say it's like you don't that what who's he's a six round draft pick. Who's the most famous six round draft pick probably of all time? That would be number twelve for the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I mean, you don't hear Tom Brady singing this song and and dancing this dance anymore. He's proven himself. He doesn't have to do that anymore. I feel like outside of not winning a Super Bowl, Antonio Brown has done that, but. Then again, I come from a very, I'm a, obviously a white male, very privileged. I understand that. Um, I cannot even begin to try to put myself in his situation growing up. Um, with that said, this is a question that has been act, asked multiple platforms, multiple people, all the way to the national media now. And that is, if you had to pin this on someone, the whole circus that has been the last 48 to 72 hours we'll say it's one of three people and it can be a combination mike tomlin antonio brown or ben roethlisberger if you're dependent on just one let's leave the combos out of it for now who are you pinning it on it's tomlin tomlin has enabled both of these guys and i think it's just a tug of war of he's not loving me as much as he's loving ben I want to be treated the same way he treats Ben because clearly he treats probably these two guys better than the rest of the roster. And you don't hear other guys complaining about the accommodations that both of those players get and the access that they have. You know, that's what he might be most jealous about is the influence and the access that Ben Roethlisberger has to management and the coach. Maybe. In that, you know, Ben has more power, more sway. It's just it's just a measure of love. Like, look, I'm putting up all these stats. Why can't I do the same stuff as Ben? It, it's it's you know, it's more it's no more than sibling rivalries in, in essence. Oh, I, dad dad favors him. He lets him stay out to 12. Why can't I stay out to 12? But you're staying out to 11.45 and the rest of your siblings go to bed at 8. But it doesn't <laughs> matter that the rest of your siblings go to bed at 8 because the other guy goes to bed at midnight. And, and that's what I think this is. Well, it, it, you know, you're probably right. But I've heard people say this is on Roethlisberger. And look, like I said, he can be a Richard in a lot of different ways, whether it's publicly on his 
uh, weekly radio show, whether it's, you know, what he does during the games, he never owns up to anything. I find that hard to believe because, like I said, Roethlisberger has been this way, I don't know, at least half of his career. He was pretty quiet as a young quarterback when he was on a team with Jerome Bettis and Joey Porter and Heinz Ward and all the, the very veteran-laden teams. But ultimately, I just, man, it, it just doesn't add up to me, and it is a mess. And the next question I have for you, Lance, is how do you see this thing playing out? If you had to guess right now, and I know it's early, if you had to guess, how do you see this thing unraveling or playing out in the in the coming weeks and even months? They're going to kiss and make up, and they're going to uh, Tomlin is going to change. He's going to take away some of the accommodations that he's given to Antonio Brown. You know, Antonio Brown is going to think it's weird. He's put himself in a position where the grass is not going to be greener. He thinks he's not being treated fairly now, in my opinion. But a lot of those antics now, they are going to start digging into his pockets and they're going to start suspending him. You're going to start seeing him being treated differently because of this, because of his lack of professionalism. And I think you're going to start seeing his teammates be behind it. You left us, dog, in a big game, in a big spot. You left us. The rest of that stuff, if you want to deal with it on your time, that's between you and Ben, you and Coach, but you left us. You put us in a bad position. And I thought this was about us. So if there was anybody siding with A.B., unless it's really, 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 really bad, and the quarterback gets away with extreme murder, which could be happening, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think players are not going to be – I don't think players can co-sign this. I, I think this is where, you know, you're, you're messing with us winning games now to, to try to exact – you know, some per, you know some personal grudge. You're on the sideline with a mink coat. You're not a part of us. You don't have our colors on. You're not going. You're not going to. I'm not going to say battle. I don't want to say battle, but you're not playing this game with us. You're not a part of us. You're intentionally standing on the sidelines and separating yourself from us. So, do you want to be a part of us? But I don't think anything's going to happen. Bottom line. The quarterback is not the same without him. And you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, that AB's five-year track, this, this last five years, it, it might be the best in, in NFL history of, of any wide receiver. Yeah, I think it's it was statistically, absolutely. Um, especially with this season where the one cut on him in the past few seasons, although his receptions and yardage were great, or that he it was that he didn't find the end zone a lot, and he did find the end zone a lot this year. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that past five years, probably probably the best five year span in NFL history. I mean, you can't replace that in your offense. We saw that in Cincinnati. From a football perspective, you can't. It, it doesn't work. Juju, James Washington, and Ryan Switzer. Sorry, you, you think that <laughs> you think it looked bad on Sunday? Please. That's not scaring anybody. Vance McDonald, Jesse, let me find a place to fall, James. That, that's not scaring anyone. He knows that. The quarterback knows it. The coach knows it. 
he's not going anywhere from a football perspective. From a money perspective, when you're talking about a $21.1 million cap hit, a dead money charge of $21.1 million, when you have $28 million now in cap space, largely due to the fact that Shazier is off the books now and Le'Veon Bell is off the books, they're not giving $21 million. They're not giving that back. You know, they're not going to incur a $21 million dead money charge. They're not going to do it. And with dead money charges to all of that proration, they'll deal with it either one big hit or spread out over time. Either way, they have to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it. I mean, what are you going to get for them? Is somebody going to give you two ones and a three for Antonio Brown? I mean, there's really no compensation unless you get a monster deal like that that makes sense. So he's protected by his cap number or his dead money charge. He's protected by his production. They just got to get it right. Good teams have good coaching, good players, good health, good luck, and good chemistry. The five Gs. They have to work on that last G, which is chemistry. And I think it starts with Tomlin. Tomlin has failed in this regard, and he has to get better, and he has to rein A.B. in, and he has to rein maybe both of them in, and he has to really manage that relationship better because it's embarrassing on his watch that his second or first best player abandoned the team, and that's on him and on his leadership and how he's managing this team, and he has to get that fixed. Well, and in his press conference today, he did acknowledge a couple things um, and I'll talk about that presser in a second. He did acknowledge that he himself is going to have to change. Now, easier said than done. Um, he also did say that uh, you know the way that he handles players might have to change. I would not be shocked if Art Rooney II said to Tomlin in, in one way, shape, or form that, look, either we get this stuff nipped in the bud or else you might be looking for a new job somewhere. And Mike Tomlin would have no problem finding a new job somewhere, but I think that I think the owner is kind of getting sick and tired of his team being a, a circus. And I would be if I was the owner too. I would be sick and tired of constantly being in the news for all the wrong reasons. And so I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. But let, here's the thing that ticked me off. And we're going to kind of leave Antonio Brown for a little bit. Is that I knew this was coming. And I would say that this might have been one of the most... Uh, anticipated Mike Tomlin press conferences of his career since 2007, since when he took over as the head coach, uh, mainly because there were just so many question marks about the whole situation, the timeline, what exactly happened. Did they falsify an injury report? Um, yeah, all that stuff. And, you know, I thought Mike Tomlin did a very adequate job of giving enough information that the media was given the answer but not divulging enough that it would make anyone in the organization look bad. But here was the thing that ticked me off the most is that this is coming off. And this is where <laughs> I've always said this, the Steelers are a very tight, tight lipped team and they control almost everything that comes out of that locker room. Except the mouths of some of its players, but go ahead. <laughs> no, well, hear me out here. Okay. So, there were there were reports. We're finding this out now, and sometimes you know retrospect is is how we kind of figure everything out. There were reporters that knew about this stuff, but they sat on it. They sat on it for a reason. I, I have no no. This is not inside information. I just kind of know how it works at this point. They sat on it. 
So Mike Tomlin typically was going to have his press conference on Tuesday, and he pushed it to Wednesday, okay, giving it another 24 hours the season to breathe. The fact that they were a 7-2-1 and team, and now all of a sudden they missed the postseason. One of only three teams in the modern era to ever have that happen to them, and the other two had their starting quarterbacks get injured, and that's why they went on a downward spiral. I digress. There are so many questions about this team when it relates to actual football that needed to be answered that this press conference was spent almost only entirely talked about Antonio Brown. That's which it. Is un- which is unfortunate. Exactly. And here's the thing, too, is if you go back in the past, these end-of-the-year press conferences typically can sometimes go upwards of an hour because he would sit there and make sure that every question was answered so that He's basically doing his job. The season's over. People have questions about so many different things that happened. This press conference was cut short at 36 minutes and 12 minutes of that. I know this information from DK, Dayan Kovacevic from DK Pittsburgh Sports. He put this out on Twitter. 12 minutes of that was of him spent talking about explaining his situation with Antonio Brown and the Week 17 game against the Bengals. That's it. They cut it short. And so it, it ticks me off that as, a, as someone that covers a team secondhand, I want to know more about the football side of things. And we didn't get those exactly. answers. We exactly. didn't get those answers. Um, Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com asked about coaching changes, and it was just kind of glossed over. And people forget that he was even talked about. Um, and, and then someone else brought up the inside linebackers and John Bostic, and, and he gave this stock answer about, well, we're not ready to you know, talk about individuals. We're just kind of getting our feet set after 2018. I get all that. But at the same time, you're expecting a little bit more answer there, and it, then it went right back to Antonio Brown. So it was frustrating for me because of the length of the conference. It was, I hate how it was shut down early. I know why. They control everything. But at the same time, I, I just felt that the, the fan base deserved more answers to a lot of topics that were based on football. And all we got was so today is this, what is it? The, the sand through the hourglass. So are the days of Steelers' lives, which is essentially what this freaking team has turned into. But, so, you, know what, but you know what, Jeff, though? What? It, it, it's the gift and the curse on all accounts, right? For guys like us, it gives us material. And for guys like ESPN and so on and so forth, it gives us material, right? Absolutely. It it gives the coaching staff cover because the football was bad, right? And that stat that you said was – I hadn't heard that stat, 7-2-1 and and not make the playoffs and did the other two. I mean, that's just bad. You know, it it allows you to give you cloud cover – on a lot of bad football that you don't have to explain. You can just go into the night and not explain it. So it's the gift of curse of Antonio Brown. If this circus has allowed them to avoid a lot of serious questions that they need answered, like you said. And so he's the gift and the curse that keeps on giving. And it provides Antonio Brown exactly what he wants, the stage. That's what he wants, the stage. He wants everybody talking about him. He wants the love, the adoration, and the attention. And he got it today from everybody in the sports world, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have to talk about it. But going back to your point about ownership, I I think they probably are going to say that to Tomlin. Look, 
Mike, we, we got to get this coach. We got to get this reined in. You know, this has to be more about football. You know, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I, I start, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've said that maybe, no, you got to be mature. Guys, I, I would really start looking at my social media policy in terms of, you know, kind of taking that away. Like, like we're going to have to rein this in some. Um, I don't know if what you can do about the radio shows, but, you know, maybe we pull back on that stuff. We pull back on the social media. We really take this in-house, and we really start trying to have a code of omerta. Because the thing that struck me is that, like I always say with this stuff, Jeff, we shouldn't be hearing about all this stuff. I'm glad we are because we get to talk about it, <laughs> but we should not be hearing about it. If you're buttoned up or zipped up, this not, should not be coming out. And clearly, it feels like to me that you have people in the AB camp and you have people in the coach Ben camp or, or just stop doing dumb stuff to prevent us from winning camp. You're right, and I, I feel that as well. That There's almost like... Uh... Uh, the house divided and if that's certainly the case this the Steelers have to think seriously about how they handle Antonio Brown in regards to keeping him and I ask you this question let's assume Le'Veon Bell isn't back next year I think that's pretty much a guarantee in my opinion <laughs> some are still talking about it though um and cool. let's and let's just for the sake of you know giggles here let's assume that Antonio Brown gets traded what do you think that does to the locker room do you think it makes it more unified or do you think that it actually causes a bigger rift if that were to happen? I don't know if unified is the right word, but I, I, what I would say is it would cement who's the power broker in this locker room. So if getting rid of AV would cement Ben as the guy running this show, if that unifies you, I would say I, I'll say no because of the way Ben leads. I I think it would give Ben license to be even more Ben, and, and I, I think the locker room would just be kind of the same as it is. But you wouldn't have anybody powerful enough to kind of to kind of rail against it. So I think it would probably lend to Ben being rough shot. Just probably even more more so than he already than he, is. Than he already is. <laughs> than he uh, already you know, is. It, it, it would not, probably empower Ben to be more yeah. Ben. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing is, is that there's an article we're going to run tomorrow around noon. Uh, one of our writers actually, I thought it was a very good take on this, and it, it was um, maybe that this is more calculated than people believe with Antonio Brown. He referenced how Antonio Brown might read the writing on the wall with the Steelers, mainly that Roethlisberger's time is coming to an end, whether that's in one year, two years, three years, who knows, that Juju Smith-Schuster's star is only going to ascend, barring injury, um, and that eventually he's going to be the odd man out, both from a contractual standpoint and without a quarterback. And so he might be trying to position himself onto a team with a younger quarterback with where he can be the very big fish and not have to worry about other people. Some are saying that might be his 
this new sudden connection with the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> that, you know, you, you're searing stuff like the guys that run our Facebook feed. Uh, that's not me, by the way. Um, you know, they're finding out that Antonio Brown likes uh, the 49ers and doesn't like the Steelers on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I don't really care about that stuff, but Hey, that's good fodder for Facebook. Well, here's the thing with that though, is, um, you think about the situation, Jimmy G's out there. They got, uh, the, what is it? Kittle, the young tight end, um, and really no one else. And so I kind of see that. And I'm like, well, maybe it is, this is Drew Rosenhaus we're talking about. So that agent, he certainly knows how to man maneuver his way through some, uh, strenuous circumstances as he was the one with Terrell Owens and all that stuff. So, uh, for me, I don't know. I don't get it. It's, it's, it's strange. It's, it's such a strange situation because you think that Antonio Brown would say that it, Ben Roethlisberger has kind of made him who he is, and he's made Ben Roethlisberger who he is. It's, it's kind of uh, the yin and the yang, so to speak. And it, I don't know. It just seems like he's he's backing out at a weird time. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's some weird things at play with that because uh, he'll be 31 next year. We know the dead money charge. Even at 32 – you know, you know, if you if you cut him or trade him, you're still going to absorb 14 million of dead money, which is still significant. I mean, it's it's the contract makes this very interesting from a compensation perspective. If you wanted to do anything, you do it next year. You minimize your cap hit by seven million. Maybe after, at 31, he still rips it up. So there's still value for him being a productive player. But if you get rid of or you trade Antonio Brown, you better get a you better get a one back. Shoot, you better get a one and a player. That's my you thing. Be, you know, because it's like you're not it's, gonna get you you're not gonna get rid of a proven commodity and not get a any type of proven commodity in return. The only thing I saw today that was pretty interesting, at least piqued my interest, I'm not saying there's any rumor to this or anything like that, but if let's say the Arizona Cardinals said, you know what, we're looking for a playmaker. Larry Fitzgerald's probably done. Patrick Peterson still has a lot of years left. You all need a cornerback, a shutdown cornerback. We'll throw a first your way and we'll, uh, we'll send you Patrick Peterson for Antonio Brown. Yeah. I'll sign up for that Yeah, <laughs> because I, mean, yeah, I feel yeah. like they could get a, a playmaking wide receiver, not, not maybe to Antonio Brown's status, but decent enough that uh, they could make do and they would improve their defense a whole heck of a lot. So I'm not saying that a deal couldn't be done. Um, it just has to be the right one. It has to be tremendous. I mean, not, never say never. Would you make that move that I just uh, parlayed to you? Yeah, I, I do that. Okay. And, and, and throw a third in there too. Now, now that we're talking trades, this is something I texted you earlier in the week. This was before the whole Antonio Brown fiasco started. This was back when the Fire Tomlin train was still full go. Like I'm talking like 100 miles forward. Choo -choo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it reminds me of the old rally train at Three River Stadium for the Pirates when they had that animation go up. Anyways, uh, Jeff, uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say, come on, ride that train. No. Ride no. it. Choo -choo. Come on. Do you, did you go to Pirate Games? the three rivers i'm sure you did right yes i did I, do you remember yes, what I i'm did. talking about the animation with the old pirate with the the big old hat and there's a train and that guy out of the caboose came out and i i'll never forget i'll post it maybe if i find it on I, YouTube. I, I was drinking you know our age is a little different <laughs> just a little bit just a little I, bit i was I, a little I kid you doing, were probably getting hammered in the upper deck exactly i was doing <laughs> shots 
my aunt, you know, uh, you know, my aunt R.I.P. My aunt Nep, she was a board member for Alcasan. Uh, so we were in the box eating shrimp cocktail and drinking champagne. So okay. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, not to completely derail the conversation. The question was that I asked you, and people forget that coaches can be traded. And the most notable recent coach transaction was when Tony Dungy was fired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buccaneers traded. Um, well, I think it was like what a, fir- a first, at least one first round pick to the Raiders for John Gruden and John Gruden went over there and he ended up winning a Super Bowl, obviously. And so a couple writers on the staff uh, and I were talking and someone said something about, I wonder what Mike Tomlin would bring in a trade. And so we started thinking about it and it's like, okay, well, he's a good coach. You don't coach for this many years in the league and not have a losing season without a having a good quarterback and B being able to at least motivate players. We'll put it that way. And so, um, because, well, he has his warts. We all know that. But still, it, the question that came up, because Mike Munchak has been in discussions with a lot of other teams, um, possibly is filling vacancies that are now out there, whether it's Green Bay, Denver, um, you name it. He's kind of being sought after by a lot of different teams. Even Cleveland has been shown interest in Munchak. Would you... If someone said, we will give you, let's say the Green Bay Packers call call you up, you're Kevin Colbert and Art Rooney, and they say, look, we want Mike Tomlin. We want him with Aaron Rodgers. We want him up here with this team. We're going to try to get Le'Veon Bell. We want Tomlin here. We will give you a first-round draft pick and a third-round draft pick in the upcoming draft to get him. And then the Steelers look at it and say, well, we could just up, we could keep Mike Munchak, but promote him to our head coach. Would you do that? Yes, I would do that if the quarterback signed off on it. So Ben Roethlisberger would have said, see, that, it's the only deal that makes sense to me because everyone always said the same thing, and that was, well, Roethlisberger's not going to want a new coach. So you'd have to hire internally, and I think Munchak would be the only option that the Steelers have. You agree, right? If they were to ever yes. try to hire yes. internally. Okay. Yes. So what if it's just a first? Not a first and a third. What's Green Bay's first at? Uh, this year? Yeah, they were 15, pretty bad. 16. They were pretty bad. It might be closer to 10, 11 around there. I'd do, I'd it. Look at it. I, I'd do it. I'd be more apt to do it for a first and a third, but I'd do it. I'd do it for a first-round pick. If Roethlisberger signed off on it, yeah. AB yeah. stays in the fall, yeah, I'd do it. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody's, a, everybody's replaceable. At some point yeah. in time, everybody's replaceable. I, I just I, – people say this, you know, look, there's no truth to this. The, the Green Bay Packers have not called Art Rooney, to my knowledge, asking about Mike Tomlin's contract. I just find it really interesting. I've always found these different that, scenarios. That would be the best scenario. I mean, if you could get rid of Tomlin for a first and a third, hell yeah. Sign me up for that all the time. And you know me. I love Mike Tomlin. There's before, some there's some people that would get rid of Mike they would get rid of Mike Tomlin for a Permani sandwich. Well, then that's why those people don't own teams. <laughs> <laughs> and they eat and they eat starch and fries, like bread and fries. Yeah. <laughs> Starches, they're no good. They're no good. Uh, <laughs> I digress. I'm not going to get into a fitness t- uh, talk here. Okay. Um, before we call it a show, before I give you a chance to talk about whatever you want to talk about, really, I wanted to do some predictions. This is wildcard weekend. This and the divisional round weekend are my favorite weekends of NFL football. 
because you have two days full slates on both days and you typically see some really good games. I want to get your take on the who you think is going to win these games, who's going to advance to play the teams that have a first-round bye. So on Saturday at 4.35, the Indianapolis Colts will travel to play division rival the Houston Texans. Who do you have winning this game, and uh, what do you think about it? I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Houston win twice against Indianapolis? Um, I, th- I think so. Well, I'm going to go with Houston to win. I think you beat a team twice. If you beat a team twice, you're better. And I know I've always heard that adage, it's tough to beat a team a third time. But there's a reason <laughs> they beat you two times. They beat you two times probably because they were better than you twice. And home field. Uh, I, 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 like, I, I like Houston to win that game. Um, Andrew Luck's rolling. They're protecting him well. I like their weapons. Their offensive line is, I think, one of the up-and-coming best units in the NFL. Uh, it just took down to, can they slow down Deshaun Watson? If they can, I like the Colts to win this game to pull off the upset. No one wants to play the Colts. You know, okay, I hate so, those. You know, uh, before you go to the next game, there's I, you know, I hate cliches, but, you know, that's a game where it's, it's going to be settled in the trenches. If, yeah. they can, if they can block Clowney, Watt, and those guys up front in the Texans, they're going to win that game, period. And they've been doing a great job protecting Andrew Luck in the last half of the season. So it'll be interesting to see. That's, I'm actually looking forward to that game, believe it or not. There's going to be there's a lot of storylines in that, whether it's Andrew Luck and his comeback season, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, um, who hurt his elbow again. He said you'd have to cut his arm off for him not to play. So we'll see. Let's stick with the AFC, though. And we'll go over it on Sunday at 105. The LA Chargers go to the Baltimore Ravens to play that game. Now, this is a rematch of the game in LA a few weeks ago where the Ravens really put the smack down on the Chargers. No one expected it, although I predicted it. How do you <laughs> <laughs> look you know, at you? Look, a little look pat on the back there just said that in there. Um, look, at, look at you, Joy. <laughs> look at you, Joy. Not only did you not say San Diego. How about that, man? Can you? And, and I'm looking at my screen. It just says Chargers. Like I am actually starting to l- learn these things. So, who do you think wins that game? Ah, oh, that's a tough one. People always talk about the Steelers and their talent, right? Steelers yep. are so talented. Da 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 da. Look at San Diego. San Diego. L.A. Is, Los Angeles. Get it Los right. Los Angeles <laughs> is talented on both sides of the ball. The Steelers are immensely talented on the offensive side of the ball. Look at San Diego's roster. It's Look Los the, Angeles. Gosh. It's, it's San Diego. Man. <laughs> I'm of the age where I'm just going to say what I say. <laughs> Don't correct me. I, I'm just going to say it. It's Los Angeles Ago. There you go. Chargers. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. They got tremendous talent, offense and defense. They got the defensive rookie of the year. And they might have the MVP and Phillip Rivers on the opposite side of the ball with Bosa, Ingram, Hayward Jr., uh, the receivers, Keenan Allen, the Williams guys, the big receivers. You still got Antonio Gates. All that being said, Ravens are hard to handle. But I'm going to go with the San Diego L.A. Chargers in a very close victory on the road. I just like the fact that in a third down situation, when I watched that game against Cleveland, when it was third and six, they ran an option play, the Baltimore Ravens, to pick that up 
when when Cleveland had all the momentum to get the ball back and try to win that game until Baker Mayfield threw away that bad ball on second down and the Steelers went home. That was the season. If you have to call an option on third and six in that situation, I don't know how long that can last. So I'm going with the Chargers. It's yeah. I, the the thing is for me, it, it, if this were any other team in the AFC playoffs, I would say that I think the Ravens are going to win at home. But the fact that the Chargers just got beat down by them just a few weeks ago, I think they're going to learn from that. They have tape on it now. They have physically experienced a Lamar Jackson experience, whatever you want to call it in Baltimore. M&T Bank is not as scary as it used to be. Uh, the Browns very well could have won last week, as you just mentioned. I think the Ravens season ends on Sunday, and I don't say that as a Steeler fan. I say that as a football fan. I don't see Phillip Rivers having a complete crap game like he did a few weeks ago. If he doesn't turn it over, no doubt about it, I like the Chargers to win. So that Again, would... Jeff, again, what? Jeff, going what? cliche. What? San Diego did not block Baltimore's front seven. Right, and they've got to get that fixed because they were on. He threw a pick his first throw. He threw a pick six. Yeah, he was good. under pressure. It wasn't bad. So they got to get that blocked up. If they get that blocked up, like you said, I think they tear the Ravens up. So that would mean that both visiting teams win. This is the lower seeded teams. The Colts is the sixth seed would then have to go to Kansas City in the divisional round, and the Chargers would have to go to New England to play let's the pick, Patriots. Let's pick it through then, Jeff. Let, let, well, let, no, let's we'll do that next week. Okay, okay. We'll do that we next do got, week. We got to do. We got to leave a little something. Yeah, for, for the listeners. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to the NFC side. Not a huge NFC guy, but we'll still talk about it on Saturday. 8-15, night game, Seahawks. Go to the Cowboys. Who do you like in this one? And Russ, I trust. Yeah, I, I I, really don't believe the Cowboys at all. In my opinion, the Cowboys are in the worst-case scenario based on the fact that them winning the division, them making the playoffs, and them probably not going to make a run um, is going to keep Jason Garrett in as, as coach. <laughs> Compared to <laughs> would have lost, I think he would have been fired. So I think they're actually losing by winning. So we'll both take the Seahawks there. And then on Sunday, 440, the Philadelphia Eagles, they got in barely going to the Bears. Who do you like in that one? Hey, man. I'm a ride with die with Nick Foles, baby. Hey, they trust Nick. You know, me and my yeah. brother were talking about this, about why does it look like the Eagles play better with the guy who clearly isn't the better player. Wentz is clearly better than Nick Foles. I said, Trace, it's simple. They won a Super Bowl with the guy. That's it. They trust that guy. They trust that guy in ways that you can't quantify. They just, they just trust that guy. That guy won him a Super Bowl. They, they will ride or die with Nick to the ends of the earth. Not that they won't do it for, with Wentz, but they'll just do it in different ways for Nick. He won him a Super Bowl. They love that guy. They love that guy to the end. And so, win, lose, or draw, they're going to run through seven brick walls for Nick. And so, I don't trust uh, Trubisky. I trust that defense. I think that's a low-scoring knockout, drag-out game that Philadelphia wins. I think Philadelphia is really scary, but those corners are Snickers bars. Exactly. But I don't, think that, I don't think that Trubisky is the guy to take advantage of it. 
Well, here's a, this is a take from Chris Carter, the Hall of Fame wide receiver. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio on my commute to work every day. And he was on his Fox Sports show, which simulcasts on XM Radio. And they asked him about that. And, um, you know, what's the difference between Nick Foles? He goes, look, I've been on a lot of teams and I have a couple teams where the starters have gotten injured. He said, and this is the same thing with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz likes to improvise. He said, but when Nick Foles is in there, there's no improv, there's no improv going on. If it's a design three-step drop balls out, you're going to get three-step drop balls out. And sometimes teams need that simplification to actually succeed. He says, I feel that's the way it is with this Philadelphia Eagles team. It's not that Carson Wentz is doing things poorly. He just does more things. And so I think that's exactly what you're seeing with Nick Foles. But I think that their season comes to an end. I just, that bears defense, man, with Khalil Mack. That is a tough unit. I agree with you. It's going to be low scoring. Tariq Cohen might be the player to watch in this contest. He's that human joystick, and he is, I'll tell you what, he's a fun player to watch. So we'll see what they can do. We'll see if they can get those matchups with him. I like the Bears to advance in the NFC. So I, I do have one team. Well, I only have one out of four um, division winners winning this weekend. You picked all four road dogs. That's you know, a, that, that's you, a know that ain't, you know that ain't happening. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know that ain't happening. <laughs> like, so, I don't know if that's happened in the history of the league. You, I don't you, know. I'll have to go back and, and look that I, up. I, I know, know Dave. I know Dave Schofield knows that off the top. Of he might because I say I'll have to look that up. I'm not looking that up. <laughs> Just, to be Just say I'll have to ask Dave. I'll ask Just, Dave about it. There you go. I'll, now, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Dave. Let me throw a name out here before you get to the next topic, Jeff. Sure. I think a lot of us, probably on the site, contributors, a lot of Steeler fans, we all know that Mike Tomlin isn't going anywhere. We're not getting a first-round pick or a first and a third or Patrick Peters. And all of those compensations, that compensation would be lovely. I think we all think that the guy who thought that Tyler Eifert was playing should not be coaching. With that being said, the Steelers have been highly productive, got a ton of sacks, let me throw a name out there. Blow a lot of fourth quarter leads. How about Todd Bowles? Yeah. Defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a couple defensive guys that are going to be circulating that are were head coaches that could possibly be out there. Here's a, here's a question for you. Could, what if Mike Tomlin wanted to coax Marvin Lewis into coming and coaching the defense? I would think he would be signing his exit papers immediately. Why? Marvin Lewis is a good coordinator. Just like Hugh Jackson was a good offensive coordinator, he's just an awful head coach. It's the optics, Jeff. The optics don't play. The optics okay. aren't right. The All optics right. just don't play. It's Marvin Lewis. I, I know who it is. But <laughs> I, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I just pray the Bengals hire Hugh Jackson, that's all. That would be great because <laughs> – Speaking of coaches with bounties getting interviews, can you imagine the meetings? And, and them, yeah, you talk about bounties. They'd be going after Baker Mayfield. That's for sure. No, just I, I can you imagine the interview? All right, Hugh, could you uh, show us your resume, please? And he goes, Oh, yeah, here it is. All right. So we see that you have some head coaching experience with Cleveland. Do you want to, uh, um, how many games did you win again there, Hugh, at your time in Cleveland? <laughs> what makes this guy a qualified head coach candidate? That's what I don't understand. Wins and losses. I've said this for years, Jeff. Wins and losses do not matter 
when it comes to hiring coaches because most of them lose. It does, why is Adam Gase a hot candidate? He shouldn't be. He's an idiot. What exactly? He traded away his best players, and that's why his team's awful. He gave away Jarvis Landry for like a, a cup of coffee and a sandwich to Cleveland. He sent Jay Ajahi to Philadelphia for essentially nothing, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl in Philly. Um, Adam Gase, he, I understand what he was trying to do. He's trying to be like a mini Bill Belichick. I'm going to do things my way. Well, it blew up in his face. I'm not hiring that guy no matter what. So winning and losing does not matter in terms of getting hired. It, it just doesn't. Bill Belichick was average his first go around as well. I mean, it just, just doesn't matter. They figure guys on their second crack figure out what they can't and can't do well and that they'll do things differently and be better coaches. But here's, Another- the, here's the thing, though, but not to interrupt you, but like you look at Hugh Jackson, I look at the success of the Browns after he was fired, and that scares me to death. He was terrible. If you go one, no, and I know he's terrible. But you just said winning <laughs> losses don't matter. So I'm looking at, look at how this team responded after he got fired, and yeah, that's not good. I'm not or, even interviewing. Or, or, him. or I'll say this: I would not interview him because me and you wouldn't, because we're sensible. But losses, losing games by a coach, it doesn't disqualify you. I mean, it just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, because it's a profession where very few guys have experience doing it. So. The pool is always very limited unless you want to be the person that goes out and hires a college guy or some guy that nobody knows. Of, and you guys get you don't want to be the Chip Kelly guy. You yeah. hire a chip, you get hammered. And the guys say, why did you hire a chip? Yeah, well, so that, that's what happens always. All right. So, Lance, I'm going to leave it to you. You have a question for the audience and for me that you want to kind of tease into a a new show that we're going to be debuting, hopefully, this week. It might debut on Friday morning. We'll talk about timing of, of, of all that. But you have a true or false, right? Yes. My true or false statement is the Steeler way is broken. And I say true. I think it's broken. I think the Steeler way is good for winning in the regular season and for consistency. But for winning Super Bowls and competing at the highest level, I think the Steeler way is broken. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) And that is actually the name of the new show is, yeah, I said it. Uh, it's going to be a show that Lance might do most of them. I might pop in and do one of one or two here or there. It's about bold statements. And so I think, Lance, you're going to have to define what you think the Steeler way is to really hammer home your point. Because um, I think we all have a different view of what is the Steeler way. Um, you can answer that now or you can say, hey, you got to check out the show. And I get that, too. You want to tease it out. I'm, I'm all about that. That's up to you. But The Steeler uh, way is simple. It's about winning championships. And the Steelers have won two Super Bowls in how many years, Jeff? The last one was in 2009. And so that's two Super Bowls over the last, what, 30-some-odd years? Yeah. So I'm going to just put it out there like that. The Steeler way is broken. I like that. I'm going to infuriate you guys even more. The Patriot way is better than the Steeler way. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Hot take alert. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so, hey, to anyone that's listening right now, make sure you check out that show. Like I said, tomorrow night, um, I am going to be on with uh, Brian Anthony Davis, a regular night. We're sticking with the Steelers preview title, but we're changing it up a little bit. We're going to be talking about, we're going to preview things like uh, position by position, depth, um, team needs, stuff like that. This is going to be a football show. It doesn't mean we won't talk about the news. Uh, that that's kind of what we did all of the episode here, but we'll talk about football, basically looking ahead to the NFL draft at times. That'll be previewing all of that stuff. So check us out there tomorrow. I wanted to have Lance's. Yeah, I said it, his first show on Friday morning. And um, so make sure you check that out. I'm not sure it'll be on YouTube, but it could, it will definitely be on behind the steel curtain and on all our audio platforms. So if you don't follow us on all those platforms, we're talking iTunes, Google play, Spotify, Art 19, Stitcher, it's everywhere. If you didn't know, we're on all those podcast platforms. Make sure you check us out. And also on YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio. Give us a thumbs up. Follow us. Subscribe. Comment. We appreciate all the feedback that you give us from that. So, Lance, with that said, what are your parting words for the audience tonight? Peace, love, and A, B, who's (laughs) And A.B. is on The Masked Singer. That guy is such a me guy. Gee, the D's. Wait a second, he's what? I think A.B. is on the show The Masked Singer. There's no, a dumb... Yes, he is. According to... I'm get... My phone is blowing up. Oh, my AB gosh, I'm getting texts. The, the Masked Singer. A.B. is such a me guy. Oh, my god! This, 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 this I guy. Swear, I'm writing for TMZ now. I'm this writing guy, for... This, this, this guy... This, this guy, oh my goodness! This, <laughs> trade that guy immediately, man. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Trade that. Oh my goodness! The okay, a mass singer. Get him out of here. I'm gonna leave you with this, Lance. Our boy Dave Schofield pulled through. He said in the 2015 season, all four visiting teams won on Wild Card Weekend. So there you go. See the odds. <laughs> the odds are very slim, and Dave, very I slim. trust. See, exactly. Gonna, that means it won't happen twice, especially if I'm predicting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, put the bet your house on opposite of Lance picks, and that's where you should go. Four so. homes. Four home winners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, Lance. Thanks for the time. We will see you next week on another episode of The Standard Is the Standard. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.